Welcome back to episode 25 of Insecurity, where we talk about the Verizon Report. What is it called? Verizon Data Breach uh, Investigation Report. That's the thing we're talking about this week. You should listen in. If you need the show notes to follow along on the episode, you can visit our website at in-security.org slash EP025. You can follow us on Twitter at Insecurity Show. What about this electronic mail? Is that something that we support? Please send your electronic mail to feedback at in-security.org. My name's Matt. And my name is Max. Which should be a thing that we have established by now. How are you doing this week, good sir? I am sore this week. How are you? You're sore? Why? What have you been doing? Falling off motorcycles? No, I've not fallen off of any motorcycles yet because my motorcycle is still in the process of getting fixed. It makes a weird pinging sound, which I don't enjoy. I am sore, however, from spending the long weekend that we just had doing ample yard work, trimming hedges, weeding, spreading lots of dirt, and seeding new grass. Oh, does that mean that you guys are finally out of this, uh, what's that thing you guys call it? Where the, the fallout. We enter. Yeah, there you go. Well, congratulations on that. Well, welcome to the rest of the year. It happens for you for four months. <laughs> Thank you. Construction season has begun. Hooray. Time to find alternate routes for you not to ride your motorcycle on. Yes, indeed. Oh, uh, was that mean? That was maybe a little mean. That's okay. I would expect nothing more. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. That's disheartening. But also fairly accurate. Speaking of disheartening, what's the topic of the day? Oh, yeah. Metrics. Tell me yeah. about metrics, Max. So what? one of the things that's very important in security is going out and getting a whole bunch of news and being able to present it inside to be able to demonstrate, you know, what trends are actually occurring and what's important uh, that we should be focusing on. And occasionally it gets people, you know, looking at security again. So very much we want to learn vicariously through somebody else's mistakes and not our own mistakes. So we hope to, to bring those things up. Uh, but metrics plays a really important part. I mean, in all things that you have to report to senior management to show value in your job, metrics are really important. And as far as I know, there's one guy who's got this book that's kind of explained to dummies like me, you know, how to actually measure things that are imprecise and, and immeasurable, such as information security stuff. So this guy called Douglas Hubbard has this book out there called How to Measure Anything. And the subtitle is Finding the Value of Intangibles in Business. And it's uh, it's a really interesting perspective on delivering metrics to show value for the the type of organization that you're responsible for. If you are indeed of of such a high level that you can do that. So when we're talking about people like the security analysts who are looking through and trying to, you know, find people breaking into systems, and you know, finding viruses throughout the networks and deploying people to go and remediate those. 
it's not really enough to senior management to just say, you know, I'm doing my job. You have to demonstrate it. You have to show with metrics how that is the case. And so this will give you, this book will give you a good perspective on how to actually go about doing that. And so yearly, there are other companies that look holistically at the incidences that are happening across the, the world and try to break it down, showing trends on what's happening in information security. And one of them that's emerged as basically a leader in this space is Verizon, interestingly enough. Uh, Verizon, which most people know as a cellular, cellular provider, um, also has these people who go and do forensic investigations. So if somebody's been compromised, they'll deploy a group of people to go and try to figure out how it happened, right? Try to piece together the incident that occurred, figure out how it happened, how big the problem is. And typically these are, you know, large breaches that lots of information is going out. Because these are the people that have the resources to hire a company like Verizon to do the post-compromise post investigation. The post-mortem. Exactly. Post-mortem. Thank you. So they've developed a framework for being able to gain this value and deliver metrics for all of the different ones that they're looking at to their management. And this is called the Veris framework. And this Veris framework breaks down at a very high level without disclosing, you know, intricate details as to who the customer is or, you know, really much more than what space they, they deliver the products in. goes through, it's a way of mapping out all of the different incidents that happened and kind of the root cause that's been concluded to and all the different factors for the attack. And then it generates up to this metadata which is data that describes data. So it's a, it's a very high level amount of data, but you can gain this really rich information from this information. And these guys have been producing these metrics for the last 10 years, um, but they've only been producing these reports that go out to the general public for the past eight years, I believe. And they've been expanding their scope. So they, they created this framework for themselves. And then they, as the landscape changed, they said, okay, we can't go at this alone. There's more value than just us reporting on the stuff that we're looking at. We want to get other people to provide, you know, what they're seeing out in the field when they do forensic investigations for people who have been compromised so that we can start sharing information across. And because we're very narrowly scoped at who can afford us for our services, there's a whole other subset of people who are doing these investigations. So, for instance, they get like the U.S. Secret Service and the investigations that they do and something like the FBI and the people that they investigate and people like the computer emergency response out in Australia. And they start getting more and more people participating in this using this common Veris framework. Right. And they can derive more value from this. And if people don't want to use the Veris framework, then it's not the end of the world. Like they'll still take the incidents, but it's harder for them to classify it. And the whole point of people classifying the information in this way is so that they can get this analysis out. 
So they create this beautiful report and they've, they've created these reports year after year after year. And they keep increasing in scope of people who are participating in it. So this year they've actually got 50 different people, 50 different organizations delivering back metrics to them in 50 global companies reporting back at incidents across 95 different countries, right? And they've seen over a thousand breaches. So like a 1,367 confirmed breaches resulting in countless records that have gone amiss. So it's neat to see as they add more and more people to reporting, how this sways the data coming in. Because if, if you actually only look at like law enforcement, right, then it's only the specific scope that the law enforcement's allowed to look at, right? As you start adding these other emergency response groups for say financial institutions, it's outside of law enforcement's purview, then you start changing the type of information that you're getting. So it's progressed year over year over year. And they've been providing hard and fast evidence as to, you know, the different types of compromise that are happening and doing some high level metrics on that. Is the Veris framework freely available? Absolutely. For anyone to review? Anybody can start providing data to them using this Veris framework and capturing incidents within this framework, right? And, and I've been considering proposing this at work, where I work, just because it's a, it's a very interesting breakdown of incidents, but it's definitely not my group who's responsible for tracking down incidents and managing those. So I just let them do what they want. But I think it's it's a very neat proposal for sharing information. And in fact, uh, being a Canadian financial institution, we actually do share pathways of attack and some high-level metrics between the financial institutions so that you know, we can learn from each other as the attackers are, are getting more focused and precise. So it's something that's helpful. Um, but back to this, this report that Verizon produces. It's called the Data Breach Investigation Report. And we'll have a link to it in the show notes. But the, the 2014 one has taken a little bit of a different stance than the previous ones. And a lot of security pros actually use this information to see kind of what the trends were last year to be able to deliver the communications across to management to say, where do we need to focus on next? Uh, and they also look at, you know, providing metrics uh, across a wide range of industries. One very cool thing about this year's report is that they've delved into the different types of industries. So if you're a manufacturing industry, then the threats that you need to deal with based on the incidences that have been discovered in the past year are very much more along the lines of um, like corporate espionage and the insider threat. Whereas if you're more of a retail focus or uh, like accommodations, like a hoteling type thing, then your point of sales systems are really what's under attack because the value for the attacker is really the credit card numbers, right? For financial institutions, it seems to be more around uh, denial of service. 
So the attackers want to pin down financial systems to be able to, you know, distract your security guys and and do a fraudulent transaction or just to extort money from an organization. Or uh, there's been a lot of hacktivism, for lack of a better term, that's rallying against like Western financial institutions. So that's that's been the trend. Uh, for the past year. So it's it's really neat to see this and to say, okay, I have a limited amount of budget as to what I need to invest in. If I can see where my peers are getting attacked and raise the bar there, then, you know, maybe that'll buy me the time that I need so that maybe my peers will get compromised in that same time while I, you know, can focus in on the next stage within my information security program. Yeah, in the context of bringing this out to everybody, so what? A whole bunch of people got hacked. Like, what What does it mean, right? And if you're a corporation, there's a lot of value in actually a whole bunch of sub-reports that have been created as far as executive summaries or, uh, you know, what it means in your vertical and your in your line of business. So by all means, go in and check those out. But if you're just a customer, like when we were talking about uh, targets compromise, right? And a whole bunch of credit card numbers were stolen. I had a buddy who said, you know, what does that mean to me? And what it means is that there's the ability for someone to do fraud on your behalf. Right. So that's when we start need, needing to look at things like, you know, identity theft and the controls around that as you as an individual. What can you do about it? Well, really, to not get compromised in the first place, there's very little that you can do. I mean, you could go ultra paranoid and pay in cash for everything, but then you don't get the value of credit cards and increasing your credit score and all that stuff. This target is uh, this target story that we're talking about is an, an example of the retailers that you were talking about, how the point of service sale or point of sales service could be compromised. Right. Absolutely. And as a, as a result of just a quick answer to your friend's query was something that we had actually mentioned. Um, what can you do or what, how does that affect you? Well, if you find that you're regularly shopping at a place that has not got a chip and pin or uh, is still resorting to magnetic stripe, then you can opt not to use that service to pay. So, I mean, that's great for residents of Canada where we have that option. But for residents of the United States, there is no really such thing as chip and pin. I mean, Target's introducing it, uh, but only for the Target cards, right? The major credit card vendors there still use MagStripe. All of the banks that issue credit cards use MagStripe for these transactions. So it, it's not as easy as that. I mean, we're we're a little bit spoiled in Canada. We've got strong chip and pin use everywhere. All the banks have been using it. Most of the retailers have swapped over to it. So if, you know, 
you end up at a terminal where you got a stick in your credit card and it says, you know, chips denied for whatever reason, chip disabled, use swipe, then you might want to reconsider, you know, do I really want to use the swipe or not? Um, but most people in the States don't have that option. Is it not used widely everywhere other than America? It's used widely. It's used in different ways. I've heard some interesting reports from people uh, in Europe and how their chip and pin system works and what the pin actually unlocks and allows and how it's uh, actually used in implementation. And it seems very different than everything that I've been told about how we use it in Canada. One of the interesting things about the Verizon Data Breach Investigations Report, or DBIR for short, um, is that they look at, you know, the accommodations and they, they've actually started to break down in like a, a matrices type model, all of the different, uh, critical factors. So what you need to invest in and, and how generally these attacks take place against your organization. So one of the cool things about, uh, the point of sales stuff is it, it's like procedural. So, the first attack is going to be to send out like a phishing email and try to get somebody to click a link to go to a site, which is, you know, common enough. And then try to leverage somebody with, uh, with elevated credentials so that you can then go ahead and install uh, to, to get a footprint into the enterprise and rotate around from their machine to another machine, right? To install something that allows you to gain that uh, persistence into that organization. So for Target, we saw that it was the accounts receivable software, right? And then they'll go and they'll just keep brute forcing and attacking the point of sales device until it finally coughs up credentials that allow them to connect to that and install a RAM scraper software, which will uh, catch the credit card number as it travels through the memory on on that point of sales device. And so they have a whole bunch of, you know, interesting things that people should be considering in such a scenario. So things like restricting remote access. Well, I mean, everybody should be doing that. But, you know, since this is the vector in which people are compromising these systems, maybe pay a little bit more attention to it if you're running a large scale retail or accommodations site. Right. So maybe your workstations shouldn't be on the same network. Maybe you can do network segmentation of some sort or whatnot. Uh, also enforce strong password policies, make it uh, a harder target to achieve the getting cracking into the password to be able to get that footprint into the point of sales device. Right. And remember that uh, I, I think it's a little bit of cute language in there, but they say that the S in POS for point of sales stands for sale and not social. So don't allow people to do social networking on a, point of sales terminal, right? Where you actually take credit cards. It shouldn't be dual purpose, right? If you need to have a break room where somebody can check into Facebook, let them do that 
outside of view of the customer because one gives a better customer experience and two prevents them from infecting the system that is actually going to take credit cards in the first place. I don't know if you remember when we worked back at computer store, but there was people doing all sorts of stuff on those front terminals, right? When they perceived that there was downtime. Yeah, absolutely. As it was just a full-fledged computer that we were running with a windowed POS system on it. Right. You know, so it would be a completely different set of suggestions if you're talking about like insider misuse or whatnot. And then, you know, there's the amazing stories for things like manufacturing, like a shipping yard and, uh, you know, the James Bond ask movie plot theater type compromises that are happening where people are breaking into facilities, physically putting on a device that actually sits in between the computer keyboard and the computer itself to capture the keystrokes that go across, right? And then they break in later and steal that for the credentials so that they can say what's in a container so that they can then remotely access this site. And this is a real case, right? So people have actually put in these key loggers, come back, retrieved the key loggers, reprogrammed what a container is so that it appears that it's, you know, just carrying fruit and product so they can actually track exactly where in the shipping yard their container of drugs are going, right? So the organized crime is getting involved in this is, I mean, really cool. Again, I'll have a link to the story in the show notes. Um, a fantastic story to read. Very much like could be a movie, right? But probably, you know, hyper uh, sensitized. But what's the term? Sensationalized. Sensationalized. Thank you. Hyper sensationalized. Yeah. So it's just, it's an enjoyable read other than the lessons out of it that organized crime will do criminal stuff to be able to continue to do criminal stuff. You know, and that physical security is pretty much key to information security. I don't know what more there is to gain out of that. It's a darned entertaining read. I remember you sent it to me and you were so excited. I did because it's it's I mean, it's a great story, right? It's truth is stranger than fiction type thing. So what? So if you're at all involved in the world of information security, go and look at the Verizon data breach report. You probably already do. It's got a ton of great information to pull out stats and statistics and talk to your managers, your business side, by all means, use it to communicate to the business side um, and elevate it above the fear, uncertainty and doubt and bring real world, you know, practices to get the most bang for the buck. And say, this is what we need to invest in because this is where the breaches are happening. And we're going to focus on this first and then we'll deal with the other great tenements of information security. And if you're not in the security sphere, but are just interested, by all means, we're going to have the or we've got links to it. You can take a look at it. It lets you know how these guys are thinking when they're writing out these reports, even the reports themselves with what you have to include is maybe not stuff that you would have thought of. And uh, the, the tone of the report is fairly casual. Uh, it's not really meant for a business person to, to read. 
at least it's not in typical business type language for the business person to read. Uh, but if you uh, have a specific vertical and want to, you know, quiz your IT guys about what they're doing, about the general line of attacks that are happening against your type of industry, there are these customized reports for each vertical. Go and check them out. Learn as learn what you can on the topic. And by all means, use that to, you know, dish out the cash where it needs to go. If you're, if you're such a person that can hold those purse strings. If you read through it and you find it interesting and you want to let us know or have any questions that you think we should maybe cover a little bit more in depth, you know where to reach us and we can... Uh we can maybe comment on that through Twitter, through email, through comments on the website. Absolutely. We'd love to hear your feedback on, on that and any questions that you have, we're here to help with. Other than that, did you have anything else you wanted to add this week? No, that's, that's it. That's all I had to say on this topic. Oh, one thing that I did want to know is if anybody's listening to this and thinks that we should do a video webcast... You know, I'd be interested in that feedback, too. I'm just throwing it out there. We both have video cameras. We're sitting in front of microphones talking. You know, if uh, if somebody thinks that they'd enjoy watching this, let us know. And we'll look at what it would take to make that available. Don't worry. My webcam has uh, widescreen so I can fit in it. <laughs> there you go, fatty. <laughs> I think I had another comment, but I've now forgotten it. Oh, yeah. Um. Are you an IT professional? Are you an InfoSec guy? Have you been listening to our show and realized that we are just way off base on something? If you have, then by all means, let us know, because we would not only be interested in hearing from you, we could also have you on the show to try and set us straight. If you do, send us a quick email at feedback at in-security.org. Sure. We'd love to hear from you. If you're not interested in being on the show, if we've gotten something wrong, Still send us the email and we'll attribute the correction to you. G.I. Joe. Knowing is half the battle. So, my good friend, I think that wraps up another week of podcasting. I have to say it was good to hear from you again. It was great to hear from you. As it has well. been. But it has been a while. It was great to hear. Before be we heard. go, I just have one request from you. Oh. Would you please... Please have yourself the best week you can. Have yourself a merry little next week. If your heart desires. From now on, our theme show music should play us out. God, I wish I was editing this one. <laughs> Why? You, <laughs> you know that it'd end up in there. <laughs> Oh, uh, done, done and done. 